0: Hello, and thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about what to listen for when you're listening to audiobook narrator auditions. First of all, I want to start with just a note about this process in general. There is a reason why there are people who specifically do casting, so casting directors or casting associates, there is a set of skills that they develop over time, over experience, and that is one of the big reasons why it's really great to have somebody who's experienced in the area of casting working with you on casting your audiobook. In terms of actually having enough quality auditions to listen to, one of the great things about working with a casting director or an audiobook producer is that casting directors also have a network that has been developed over the years where they have access and communications with actors that may be a really great fit for your project that you may not know about or even have any idea about how to find. So that is sort of the preface to this conversation, but the piece that I want to focus on today is when you have a set of auditions that you're ready to listen to, several audio files from different narrators for your project. This is all assuming that when you started the audition process, you had gone through thinking about, is it important for it to be a male or female narrator, age ranges, things like that. We talk about those in other episodes of the podcast, and... If you're not at that point yet, you may want to take a listen before moving on to this step. So again, our focus today is what to do, how to listen, now that you have several auditions to listen to. Well, the first one is really obvious, and this is usually, most often, the one that is only considered by authors. Certainly, it is the first to consider but it is by far not the only thing to consider. And that is, generally, do you like the sound of the voice? Do you like the sound of this narrator reading your text? Obviously, you want somebody that you're going to enjoy listening to. So that's question number one. And this is the criteria that most often is the only one that authors think about in terms of making that selection. Well, that can make it really difficult because let's say you have 10 different auditions and you like the sound of all of them. They all sound great to you. How do you decide? These other factors are going to help you narrow down your choices to make that decision. The next criteria you might consider is the tempo or the pace. Now, some material let's say like a fast-paced adventure, is going to want a more energized, faster pace. Whereas a book about retirement benefits, for example, might need a slower pace. It's maybe more technical. You may have an older audience. And so you'd want your pace to be more measured. Depending on your material and the feel of your material in an audio format, This is going to be a part of your decision-making. Is the pace or the tempo of the narration, does it feel right? One of the things you want to note, however, is that this is one of the easiest pieces to adjust for a narrator. So if you have a narrator that you really think, oh, this would be the perfect person, but he's just going too fast, you can ask the narrator to slow the pace. Do make sure that you check, however. So if you ask them to slow the pace, check a re-recording of the audition with your material, make sure that they can actually implement that direction, and hopefully they'll be able to do it on a consistent basis throughout the audiobook. Some narrators have a harder time keeping a consistent pace. So this is something that you'll want to pay attention to, if you're getting your audio files on a rolling basis, you'll want to try to keep up with the reviewing of those audio files so that if the pace is changing in a way that doesn't feel right, you can help the narrator get back on track without wasting too much of the recording time and having to re-record a large section. The next factor you might consider is Is the tone appropriate? When I'm thinking about tone, I'm thinking about things like happy, sad, authoritative. Think about the content of your book, the material itself. What is it calling for? What kind of tone are you looking for? Is it a murder mystery? Is it a book that's designed for entrepreneurs? Who are you talking to? A lot of this can be best considered if you think about your audience, your audience in relation to your material. What are you looking for? Some examples of tone that can feel really off base might be, for example, let's say you're, you have a memoir that involves uh, where child abuse was a significant component or that you're narrator is narrating a piece that is about that kind of content. You know, it's painful. It's tragic. If the narrator is reading that with a happy tone, it's not going to feel right, right? So, I mean, that's a simple example of how the tone can be off. This is the kind of thing that you're not often going to find, but can happen. What it can indicate, or may be indicating, is that the narrator is not really in tune with the content, and that is not an ideal scenario for you. Let's take a short pause. We'll be back soon to cover some more things that you'll want to listen for when you're selecting your narrator. There is nothing like a great book to transport you to new worlds. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working on projects that transport the listener. We pay attention to the details, like making sure we have actors that can clearly differentiate the character voices, making for a great listening experience. If you have a book that you would like to get into audio and you're looking for a team with a personalized approach, Pro Audio Voices might be just the right fit. Come visit us at ProAudioVoices.com. Okay, the next area we're going to cover is the cadence. Is it fitting for your content? Again, we're thinking here partly about your audience, but we're also mostly, in this case, we're thinking about your content. If it's a mystery, if it's something that we're on the edge of our seats about, then we may want to have a cadence that is going to reflect that. You may be able to, just by looking at the way you've punctuated your book, the way that you have written it, that, let's say, for example, if you have a lot of short sentences because it's a thriller and you're building suspense, you may be looking for a narrator who can really play with that in an effective way. If, however, let's say you're doing nonfiction and you have a book that's trying to deliver to business executives the importance of certain techniques in their business, for example, you're probably going to want somebody who has a very confident tone, someone who can explain things, lay them out, mark it down, Make sure that it's clear. The way that they read bullet points, for example, is something you may want to look at if that's an aspect or element of your book that you use a lot. Cadence is also, I think, very related to phrasing. This is a really, really important component. You want to make sure that your narrator is phrasing your sentences such that they're both clear and also easy to follow, and they're delivering the story or the material in the way that you intend. In fact, how one phrases a particular sentence can make the difference between it being completely unintelligible and completely understandable. One of the things that I will often listen for is how a narrator handles comparison. So a this or a that. How do they phrase it? There are so many examples of this, I'll just come up with a few off the top of my head. For example, the sentence might be, I wasn't sure whether to go this way or that way, which could also be read with less emphasis I wasn't sure whether to go this way or that way." Or, rather than sitting in the blue section, we went around the back to sit in the red section, which could be red. Rather than sitting in the blue section, we went around back to sit in the red section. Just that difference in how you stress the words can make it either easier to follow or harder. And that's what I'm trying to call out here, How is that phrasing? That's one aspect of it. It is not just the comparatives, but it's also the way that you put together a sentence so that it makes sense or so that it doesn't. And as you can see, or perhaps have noticed, I've used a lot of examples just in my talking to you about how phrasing can really make a difference. So hopefully you're picking up on that. And also, one other comment about phrasing in relation to nonfiction work, and that is, when you have complex concepts, it is really, really important that the phrasing make the sentence clear for the listener. Keep in mind that if you're reading a book and you have the text in front of you You can go back to the beginning of a sentence and reread it as many times as it takes to really understand, comprehend what the sentence is saying. We rely in the audiobook world, we rely on the narrator to help us make that clear from the beginning so that first read of the sentence is clear. And that is all about phrasing. And I'll say this as well, this is very much related to phrasing, and that is about timing for books that are comic. If you have a punchline, if you have something that is comic material, the way that it lands in terms of timing, the way that it's phrased and played out, makes all the difference in whether a joke works or it doesn't. Anyone who has experienced stand-up comedy knows that very, very well. Timing is everything when it comes to comic material. Another element that you want to be listening for, this is very particular to audiobooks, and it may be obvious to you when you first listen to a narrator, or it might not. But if it's not initially obvious, it can become annoyingly obvious later on in the process, if you're not paying attention to it in the beginning. And that is the sound of loud breaths. Now, audiobooks are not generally like dead quiet in between. We It's okay to hear a narrator breathe, but we don't want to hear the... <gasps> sounds before every sentence or in between in the middle of sentences, you know, before a phrase. It gets to be too much. Some of this can be cleaned up in post-production, and certainly this is the work of many, many hours of post-production work by audio engineers. But if you can avoid having to have all that extra work put into it, one of the best places to catch the problem is early on with your narrator selection. If, however, you have a narrator, they're your top choice, and they have very loud breaths, then you might want to just check in with your audio engineer or your audiobook producer, and ask them if that is going to be an issue, if it can be cleaned up in post-production, and then, you know, select accordingly. The next thing I want to bring up is mouth sounds. Now, mouth sounds are the kinds of things like this, these kinds of little clicky sounds that can happen underneath words, and that is when they're most problematic. If they're between words, that's less of an issue. But it does still mean a fair amount of extra work on the post-production side of things. There can be many reasons why a narrator has excessive mouth sounds. One of the main reasons is dehydration. Many narrators are not really aware that they need to stay hydrated in order to keep their mouth from making all kinds of clicky sounds while they're narrating. Another is medications. Many medications can actually cause this kind of either dehydration or issues where this is an issue. I bring it up not to say that you shouldn't hire a narrator if you hear any mouth sounds, but what I'm calling to your attention is that if they have a lot of mouth sounds and if they are underneath the words or in the middle of words, you're going to end up with a lot of additional work after the fact, after the narration, and potentially a fair number of re-records in order to clean that up and that can affect your overall quality. So it's something to be aware of. And another element that I consider kind of related to mouth sounds is clear enunciation. They're not entirely the same, but often they're related. What I have found is that when I hear a narrator whose words sound sort of mushy, almost like they've maybe had an extra glass of wine before recording, you know, where there's either slurs within the word, and I'm not talking about really big, I'm not actually talking about they're drunk. I'm just calling out that some narrators are not speaking with great enunciation. And that maybe fits your content. But often it can be a problem for your listener. You want your listener to be able to make out what is being said. And if that is a potential issue, then it's something you want to listen for at the front end. And the last element that I'm going to cover today is accents and dialects. If there are accents or dialects that are important to your work, they may be character voices, they may be the narrative voice, but if they really matter, then that is another thing that you want to listen for. And I just want to say, you know, finding the right voice is so important. Now, you may have a selection of great voices that you've collected in your audition process, and I really hope that that's the case. What I have heard from authors over the years, we have several times been contacted by authors who started into the process often actually had their full audiobook narrated and then ran into a problem where they either couldn't stand the way it sounded in the end or had simply hired a narrator outright without understanding the rest of the process and then they had like audio files and they couldn't even figure out how to access them because the narrator didn't know how to properly deliver them. So there are additional considerations that will affect your overall experience, and these are questions that we'll address in other episodes. But for now, I hope that this has been helpful. Please reach out to us and let me know if it has, and I would love to hear your experiences with casting and how that's gone for you. What have been the pitfalls what have been the exciting successes, we'd love to know so that we can share it with other authors here on the podcast and help more people succeed with their audiobook process. You can reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com.